A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, the second chapter, beginning with the first verse. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed His star at its rising, and have come to pay Him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child would marry his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Do you know how we know the wise men were firemen? They came from afar? No. So that, that hymn that we sang is normally something we would sing at Epiphany. So we'll probably sing it again, Epiphany Sunday. And we sing it then because Epiphany Sunday recognizes that day when God revealed to the Gentiles that Jesus was God's Son. That Jesus was the King of the Jews. But it includes that line, Star of Wonder, Star of Light, right? It's something that we all love singing because we are connected to the wondrous nature of that star. We all like to look at stars. And I think the star is a good place for us to start and to talk about the wonder of Christmas. But perhaps we should start with the word wonder itself. We use it a lot of different ways. When we use it as a noun, it's a feeling of surprise that's mingled with admiration. It's usually brought on by something beautiful, by something unfamiliar, or something that we just feel like we could never explain to someone else. And we feel wonder when we see it or hear it. As a verb, it's used to talk about desiring or being curious to know something. To wonder about something. To feel amazement. To feel admiration. Here are some things that we might wonder about. We might wonder why abbreviated is such a long word. We might wonder why... Doctors call what they do practicing medicine instead of just calling it getting it right. 
We might wonder why you never see a headline in the paper that says local psychic wins lottery. And we might wonder, what was the star that the wise men followed? We might wonder, what does the appearance of the star mean? We might wonder, who were these people who showed up when no one else showed up? Surely the people in Jerusalem had seen something in the skies, but none of them went chasing after it. Stars were a source of amazement for ancient peoples. Looking up into the night sky, especially without all the light pollution that we have. If you're ever out in the middle of a dark lake and have a chance to look up at the sky, it's amazing how many stars you can see. They flood your vision. But now, because of all the street lights and things we have, we can barely see them. But back then, they would have seen them with amazement. And that's reflected in our own Scriptures. For instance, in Deuteronomy 4.19, we find a warning against being too enamored by what we see. Moses wrote to us, when you look up to the heavens and see the sun, when you see the moon, when you see the stars, and all the host of heaven, do not be led astray and bow down to them and serve them. The ancient people knew the wonder of looking into the heavens and feeling like there was something more than just them of seeing the awesome and power and brilliance of God on display. And that verse reflects their view that the stars were celestial beings, that they were angels, if you will. And New Testament scholar Ben Witherington prefers the explanation of the star of Bethlehem that it was actually an angel that the wise men followed who showed itself as a star. A sense of wonder is expressed in the words of Psalm 8, Verses 3 through 4 that says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them? The psalmist has searched the sky and been filled with a deep sense of awe at the power of God that's on display in the night heavens. Anyone who grew up in the country has seen that, right? I grew up in the city, I could barely see the North Star. If you can call Rock Hill in 1970s a city. <laughs> the psalmist has searched the sky and been filled with a deep sense of awe at the power of God. A deep sense of humility over his place in the midst of all that. An amazement that such a God who could hang the stars and the moon and the sun would be concerned about us. The Magi Wise men as they're traditionally known. They were likely a priestly group. Zoroastrian priests, possibly astrologers. Their job was to watch the stars. It's what they did. They might have been from Babylon or some other place in Mesopotamia. They were people who looked into God's heavens. And like the writer of Psalm 8, they were people who were amazed and provoked to wonder by something that appeared sometime near the birth of Jesus. Sometime between 6 and 4 B.C. They were filled with awe at it. And so they came to Jerusalem saying, we have seen His star in the east, or as it's translated in the New Revised Standard Version, which is probably actually a little bit better, we have seen its star at its rising. We saw something appear in the heavens, Herod, and we know there's a king born here. They were in awe 
and amazement and brought. They were in wonder. They were caught up in the wonder of a star and knew that there was some royal birth amidst the people of Israel. Interestingly, in Genesis, you know, that's the first book of the Bible. In the first chapter of the Bible, as God created the lights in the dome of the sky, God said, let them be for signs and seasons. God's purpose was for the stars were to be signs for us. Sign of God's power, of God's love. And the wise men encountered a sign from the Creator of the universe who put a star on display for their eyes. And they began to be caught up in it, in the wonder of it. The wonder over a star rising. They're compelled to journey. They're called into God's mighty acts of salvation to come and bear witness to what God is doing in the world. To bear witness to the One that is born King of the Jews. And following the star and their wonder at the star, they become a sign to King Herod that something is afoot. They become a sign to the child's mother. What must it have been like to have had the angel appear to her and say, your son, your son, Mary, will save his people from their sins. And then to have these people show up to bow down before him and worship him as a king. Caught up in the wonder of a star, they came and affirmed for Mary's heart who her child was. God used a sign in the heavens to turn them into a sign for Jesus' mother. And God used the star in the heavens to turn them into a sign for us. That we too can follow after the light of Christ. They're compelled to come and honor a king. A star has appeared. A sign in the heavens for the one who is born. The son of the one who hung the stars has been born. To be a sign on the earth. And Jesus, Jesus has been born to be the ultimate sign of the character and the love of God. They saw a sign telling the world that a sign had been born in the person of Jesus. Psalm 136 encourages us to give thanks to the Lord for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords who made the great lights for His steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day for His steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night for His steadfast love endures forever. The writer of Psalm 136 looks to the heavens and sees the stars brilliant, too numerous to count and sees a sign of God's faithful and steadfast love. A love that will never give up on us and never fail us. Because the stars never fail. The permanence of God's love and the sheer unimaginable magnitude of God's love are displayed in the stars of the heavens. And the star of Bethlehem, the sign of Jesus' birth to a people far off, speaks of the magnitude of God's love. 
It's a sign of what God is doing in Jesus. The birth of God's Son. The one who the Gospel of John says is the Word made flesh. He is the second person of the Trinity. The Word of God spoken in creation. Made flesh to come and live and dwell amongst us. To call us to love God and love our neighbor. To be a sign for us of how God truly feels about us. Stanley Hauerwas says that the cosmic signs heralding Jesus' birth should not be surprising. That the wonder of the stars should not be surprising for us given the amount of love born that day. Because it's the same love that moves, moves the sun and the stars. Star of Bethlehem is a sign. God put a sign in the sky and the wise men were caught up in its wonder, compelled to seek its meaning. Some people have worked long and hard to explain it. They talk about things that appeared when Jesus was been born. A nova, a baby star. Others talk about planetary alignments. A guy named Grant Matthews that works at the University of Notre Dame says that the star was an extremely rare planetary alignment that occurred in 6 B.C., the likes of which we may never see again. So it may be that there are scientific explanations for what it was, but I like what Rob Renfro wrote about it. He writes this, Scholars still debate what the star actually was. Some have suggested it was a nova, a newborn star that burned exceedingly bright for a short period of time. Others say it was a comet. In recent times, some have said it might have been the conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter, appearing to the naked eye as a single brilliant star. He continues, Once scientists agree upon a definite answer, they still will know less about the star than the wise men if they do not recognize that it was more than just a cosmic phenomenon. And this is the most important part. Whatever else it was, the star was a sign that could lead men and women to Christ. The star was a sign that God's love had been born into the world in the person of Jesus. Because they had eyes to see the sign God gave them. Because they had the courage to follow the star. To be led to the place where Jesus was staying. Because they had the humility to bow down and worship the one whose star they had followed. The wise men were the very first to embody Paul's prophecy that one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Whatever the star was, it communicated to their hearts that the one before them was the King of the Jews. A sign given to them by God. A sign placed in the experience of the wise men to lead them to Jesus. That's the most important thing about the star. I'm sure it was as beautiful as the love of God is beautiful. I'm sure it was splendid and wonderful. I'd like to think that it blinked and was flashy colors. But it's true wonder is that God used it to get the attention of those who would come and bow down and worship God's Son. 
The true wonder of the star is that God used it as a sign to call people to His Son. The true wonder of the star is that it points so wonderfully to the true wonder of Christmas. It points to Jesus. The true wonder of Christmas is not the giving and receiving of gifts. It's not the time spent with our loved ones. It's not even the time that we spend riding around the speedway looking at Christmas lights. All those things are wonderful, but they're not the true wonder of the season. In the book that I based this sermon on, Rob Renfro writes this about the true wonder of Christmas. There are many things we might conclude about God apart from Christmas, but without Christmas we could never fully know the wonder of God's love. Without Christmas we could never fully know the wonder of God's love. Without the birth of God's Son into this world, we could never truly know the wonder of God's love. And without the wonder of the star, without that sign to those wise men, we might never have known about it at all. He says Christmas shows us that every person matters to God. You matter to God more than you can imagine. More than you will allow yourself to believe. You matter to God. A popular song tells us it's the most wonderful time of the year. And that's true. Christmas is wonderful, but it's not because of caroling or parties. It's because of the wonder of what Christmas tells us. God loves us and has come among us. This is the wonder of Christmas. The wonder of the star is that it is a sign God used to point to Jesus. The one who is the greatest of all signs. The sign of God's unbelievable love for us. And here's the thing, dear ones. If we believe the story that God hung a star in the heavens that moved and led these people from Babylon to Jerusalem and then on to Bethlehem, if we believe that story, should we also not believe that God might possibly use people, places, and things in our life to be a sign for us, to be a star for us, to lead us closer to Christ? Perhaps this season as we enter into our celebration of Christmas, we might consider the wonder of a star, the wonder of something used to be assigned to people so that they could come and find the child Jesus. Consider that possibly God might use something to lead us closer and closer to His Son as well. And if we'll allow that possibility, then perhaps we could open our eyes to see it and commit ourselves to once we see that, Once we understand that God is using someone or something to speak to us about our lives, about God's hope for us or God's love for us, maybe we could follow the wise men's example and have the courage to follow God closer and closer to Christ. Because if God can hang a star in the heavens to lead wise men, God can hang a star in our lives to lead us. And that, dear ones, is wonderful news. Something worth celebrating. Amen.